So you guys remember that I've been speaking about three scenarios. First scenario, the storm with the boats with holes in it, and we need to plug it, those holes. The second one was the canola plant. And for me, the, the primary uh, idea behind that was that we need to be hundredfold Christians, and whatever it takes to be those hundredfold Christians. Uh, we don't want to settle for 30. We don't want to settle for 60. We don't want to settle for 100. And so what would you guys say to me? And the guys that I told on Wednesday night, it's not an answer. Uh, what would you think the last scenario should be? No. So I saw the storm. I saw the canola fields. And we were on the road. The road. What is, what is our road? The will of God for our lives. The will of God for our lives. Okay, Psalm 23 and verse 3. It says, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Remember, I'm talking about the road. We're coming home on the road. We see the storm in front of us. We, we see the canola plantation, if you want to call it that, the fields of uh, canola, and we are driving home. And, and our objective is obviously to get home safely. And so we, we, we mustn't take our eyes off the road and look too much at the fields, and we must be careful as we ride through that storm. We need to block up all those holes so we don't sink. Psalms 32 and verse 1, it says, ah, is it one? Ah, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eyes upon you. Folks, we, we need to make sure that we listen to God. And, and you might think, oh, yeah, I know that. Let me tell you, you need to make sure that you're listening to God. Things can happen in an instant. You can die in an instant. So how does God guide us? The first way is through the Word. The Word is the, the edges of the road. It's Psalm 119 and verse 105. It says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Who has tried driving without light at night? Let me tell you, it's not easy. You, 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 you're setting yourself up for an accident. The fuse blows or something and the, and the lights are suddenly gone. But don't do it because you're going to have an accident. You need God's Word to light up the road that you are going down. Do you, do you check everything that you feel and want to move into under God's Word. God's Word is the primary way that God leads us. And you know how few people spend time in God's Word on a regular basis and actually accumulate Scriptures in their, into their spirit that, they can, that will come out during times of danger. I want to encourage you guys. There, there was a time, uh, I suppose I'm giving my age away now, there was a time when 
we were strongly encouraged to learn scriptures like Parrot Fashter. We don't have that anymore. People are like, oh, we don't need to do that anymore. Yeah. Let me tell you, when the Word says that when you need it, the Holy Spirit will bring it to mind. We need to be those that have a, a, a strong grip as well as a key grip. Isn't he? Yeah. We should never seek guidance on what God has already spoken about. You're married. You're unhappy in your marriage. You, you want to get rid of that person that's in this marriage with you, whether it's a man or a woman. And you go to the Word of God. Now you're going to find a place where it says you can do this. But the Word of God doesn't give you room for that. It does give you room in cir certain circumstances, but you better make sure that you're in those circumstances. And then other areas it commands you what you need to be doing. People think, oh, if I don't go to church, it doesn't matter. Uh, I just, guys, I want to tell you this thing. It's sin not to go to church. The Word of God in Hebrews 10, 26 says, if you neglect the gathering of the saints, it's sin. It's sin. And people don't go to church for months on end, and they are Christians, but they don't go to church because of whatever's happening in their life, and suddenly something happens, and now they all lord it. But you haven't, you haven't been doing what I called you to do. And you know what? When you find yourself in that place of uh, having not listened to what God has to say, you need to repent. It's not like you can just go forward without repenting. You need to repent and make things right. I remember when Patty and I got married, we, had, we weren't Christians when we met, so we ended up doing what most young people do. And so when we got married, I remember the night that we got married, we drove off onto our honeymoon. And when we stopped there, that night we repented. Many people do what we were doing, and they, they think by getting married they're actually okay now. No, you're not. You need to repent. You have sinned. And getting married doesn't do away with the sin. We need to saturate and meditate on the Word. Romans 2, 12.2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good pleasing and perfect will. Your biggest battle is going to be here. Up here. Your biggest battle. Because your eyes are going to tell you one thing. Your ears are going to tell you one thing. Everything around is going to tell you certain things. And you're going to have to make a decision here. And that's where the biggest battle is going to be. That's why Romans 12 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Don't do what the world does. In the world, for instance, if you hit someone, they hit you back. Or if they hit you, you hit them back. In the Word, we don't see that. They hit you, you show them the other cheek. I know it's not easy. 
It's got easier as I've got older and weaker. <laughs> if I was still young, it wouldn't have happened, I don't think. Anyway. But you know what the problem is? People suffer because of bad choices. People suffer. I've seen so many people go through such difficult times for a reason that they needn't have gone through this time. So what am I talking about in terms of the road? They go off the road. Have you ever gone off the road before? Just put these two wheels off the road. What happens? This side drives harder than this side. <coughs> and all sorts of things start to happen. When you go off the road onto a dirt road, Go onto a dirt road. Suddenly it's a whole different kettle of fish on how you drive. You put your brakes on and you just carry on. If you stay on the tar and you put your brakes on, generally you'll stop pretty good. As long as your brakes are in a good, good space. Some people drive around with bad brakes. But you know what the problem is there? That's a bad choice. And you're going to suffer the consequences. Guys, we, we think, oh, geez, we'll just, we'll just save on our budget. We won't service the car this month. No, you've got a problem coming. I want to tell you now. If you can't do it yourself, you better get someone to do it. Have you, have you felt what it feels like when your wheels just go off the road? Especially if there's a hole on the side of the road. I never forget in, in, in Zimbabwe, I used to go up there quite often to minister into different churches. And in Zimbabwe, what they've got is they've got a single track that goes down like this. If a car comes from the other side, you both move over so that you're each using one track. But you need to know if your vehicle hasn't got enough ground clearance, you've got a problem because you've got those middle monarchy things that want to take out the bottom of your car. And it's, it's, if you're both traveling too fast, it can be really dangerous. Psalm 16 and verse 6, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. The will of God a spacious place. I really don't believe that we all had just one person that we could marry. I believe that there were quite a few and it just so happened that God brought you across that person. If, if you thought, oh, that person living in Asia and me living over here, we're going to doosh like that. No, it's not going to happen because first of all, they can't even come into our country. You can't go into their country. The will of God is spacious. In your work situation, the work of God is spacious. We are, oh, I've got a job and I really don't like my job. I want to tell you, if you pray in faith and God wants you to move, He will move you into a better job. I, I think of Marco. I've, I've known him for a while now. And he had a really good job that he's really happy in, but God's moved him into a better job now. He's really, really, really happy now. I think about, about Peter bringing his business down from, is it Clarksville, Peter? 
applause book down here. But God has brought him into such a place of restoration down here in Cape Town. And it's not because of Cape Town. It's because of where he's at with God. He used to work himself into a frenzy. Now, once a week, hey, Peter, can we have coffee on Tuesday? No, I'm going for a hike, sorry. Goes hiking the whole day. God has given us a spacious inheritance, but the boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. The boundary lines are the edge of the road, not over the edge of the road. You know that thing when, when you're like, oh, I'll, I'll just, God won't mind if I just put my toe over the boundary line. What? Four toes. You know what? Sometimes you'll get away with five toes. But you know what? There are times when you get four toes. If you look at the Old Testament, God was, sometimes he was a God of two chances. And then sometimes he was a chance, he was one chance. Moses got one chance. He hit the rock. He said, you're not going into the promised land. David, he just blew it all the time. And, and, and God said to him, okay, because you know what? He knew how to repent and come before God and say, listen, I'm sorry. Learn that lesson and learn it well. Acts 2 and verse 38. I'm going to carry on this preach next week. Acts 2 and verse 38. It says, Peter replied, repent. What's that? That means get saved. Repent. Repent, make your heart right with God and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why do you get baptized? So that you have forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the, the, you have forgiveness for your sins and you get the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the order that we go, when we get born again, we get born again first. That's where we start this journey. Sometimes it's a recommitment. We once were born again many years ago. But there's a recommitment or there's a, I choose to surrender my life to Jesus Christ now. What does it say? Repent and be baptized. If you're sitting here today, and you've never been baptized. And I'm talking about baptized right under the water where there's no part of your body above. I saw this picture of the guy being baptized, but his hands up like this with his car keys in there. No, not that. Fully baptized. Everything immersed. And it's only can, it can only take place after you've repented. There are some denominations where when you're young, they, they, they call it baptism, but they sprinkle you with water. I think that was done to me. I was in a Presbyterian church. When I went to the army, I couldn't put Presbyterian because I couldn't spell it. So I put Methodist. <laughs> that was quite funny. Eh? <laughs> But it's true as well. But then in the army, they said, okay, you can pick which church you want to go to. So one week we went to the Methodist church. 
Sitting here, I wonder if the rest of you could just bow your, your heads if you're not in the worship group, you're not coming up. 